Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. And then you're hiding it. But again, the reason why people struggle with their tell me about yourself is because they're hiding it and they're uncomfortable with hiding it. If you were comfortable with hiding it, that kind of wouldn't be a problem. Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma and I'm a radio journalist who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded Em. It has. Hopefully we still remember how to do it. I know. The thing is, is that by the time you're listening to this, there won't have been a gap, but there was a few weeks ago. So FYI, sorry we disappeared. We just got busy, you know, life catches up with you. We've had a lot on. So this Shoot Your Shot shout out, I know who we're shouting out because I picked it because this one is my favourite. I'm going to pick this as my favourite and you're going to read it out for us. So tell our listeners who we're giving a big fat shout out to. To Tanya. She bought us five coffees and she said, a few coffees and a nice message won't come close to describing the appreciation I have for both of you, but I'll give it an espresso in brackets shot. How good is that? Pun. I'm a sucker for a good or bad pun. You would think that working in talent acquisition and HR for over eight years that I may have all the tools and information needed to be a rock star interviewee. Wrong. Not only was I working in an extremely toxic work environment, but I also wanted to change career paths and felt completely stuck and pigeonholed in my area of expertise. This podcast gave me all the tools I needed throughout my interview process for a job I was really excited about. I'm talking the prep work. I'm talking pre-interview pep talks. I'm talking butt clenching tricks. I'm talking follow-up emails, all of it. It came to a point where I would constantly be listening to your podcast at home, in the car, while working out, and my husband would hear the Aussie accent and say, oh, you're listening to your Australian sisters again. (laughs) Obsession would be an understatement, and that's only because I learned so much from both of you and never felt more prepared for an interview process than I did after starting to listen to the Interview Boss podcast. After four interviews and a 30-minute presentation, I got the job, a job outside of my historical expertise. I was able to prove how my skills and experience related and would bring value to the role they were looking for, all thanks to you. I landed the job last month 
month and have been counting my blessings ever since. I seriously can't thank you both enough for this podcast, your warmth and friendliness and selflessness, making this podcast free for all users. I have and will continue to tell everyone I know about just how much this podcast has helped me. Thank you, your Canadian sister. Oh, Is everybody else I crying just, with us or what? Are you kidding? I, just, I sent this to Emma on the day we received it and screenshotted it and sent, I have tears. I was having a crappy day at work, opened this up, saw it, and the part of like her partner saying, oh, you're listening to your Australian sisters. I was just... <laughs> Austin. I was like, that is so sweet. I love that I have a Canadian sister. And the fact that she was one of those hardcore listeners that was like, I've downloaded all the free guides. I've got the templates. I've listened to every episode. I've tried every trick. I love it. And also the fact that she works in talent acquisition and HR, just because you know things doesn't mean that you know how to do this stuff. It's tricky. And I hope that that's reassurance for people out there who like, don't work in any area close to this and they're confused. Even people in the area don't know how to go through the interview process and need all the tips and tricks because this stuff, you only do it every now and then. It's really hard to remember. If you want results like Tanya and you need a little bit of help getting there, check out Sarah's one-on-one sessions. You can find out all about them at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. And if you liked one of our episodes, want to request an episode that relates to your situation, slide into our DMs. I feel like this week's topic is highly requested. No, it's not, but it kind of is. Lots of people ask things around this. And this is kind of the answer to a lot of their- That's what I mean. We've gotten demand. Yes, but it's not what people are asking for, but it's what they need to hear. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. It'll make sense when we get into it. So what is our topic for today, Em? We're talking about how to not avoid the topic. So our golden piece of advice in this podcast is always just open the can of worms, admit it, get it out in the open. If you try and be sus and you're worried that they're going to, you know, be worried about a gap in your resume or six months off, it just makes you look more sus. And they think, what, have you done a stint in prison greens? Like what's happening? So just get out there. And you have to be the one to open the can. That's the thing. That's the main piece of advice. But inspiration for this topic comes from lots of messages that we've gotten about things like this, but also about my coaching sessions that I do. Often I get on them and find that instead of working on someone's interview answers, like they think they might need help with, actually the big problem comes from their tell me about yourself. They're hiding stuff because they feel insecure about something. They don't want to mention it. And so they do all this work to avoid that topic. And it just makes it come across really inauthentic. It makes them really nervous and they can't relax because they're worried about not mentioning it. And we end up doing a lot of work on just that career story itself. And they walk away so relieved, so confident, and we haven't even worked on their actual answers. It's just that kind of career story part, the tell me about yourself that they need the help on. And it's because they're avoiding it. They're avoiding something. Generally, that's what gets people stuck. And the effect that has of you avoiding, you know, beating around the bush, the interviewer feels like they don't get to know the person and their story and, you know, their journey, how they ended up there. Your story can end up jumpy or like it doesn't make sense. And you might be able to sense that there's something they're dancing around. Of course, we're going to be able to sense it if you're there going, uh, yeah, and then uh, that's all. And you seem... 
I just wanted a career change or like, oh, yeah, I left there a little while ago. Oh, you know, just wanted to take some time off. You can just sense when you're sitting across the other side of the table when there's something that someone's not saying, right? It's kind of like if you've got a friend and you ask them how they're doing and they're like, oh, yeah, just, you know, I'm okay. You're like, oh, so, like what's yeah. going on? There's something there. Just when you sit through lots of interviews, you really get a sense of what someone sounds like when they're giving you the information and what someone sounds like when they're hiding something. The thing is, the reality of recruiting is I have to be a little bit suspicious when I go into interviews and I'm talking to someone over the phone because the people that I have had to fire and let go in my HR career for doing bad things, sometimes horrible things, they go and get other jobs. And I guarantee you that they don't tell anyone what happened at their last job. They say something like, oh, I just wanted to change. I just left there because I wanted something different. I wanted to go back to whatever. Those are the things that they say. So I have to assume that if there's something you're not telling me that it might be something bad that you're hiding that you don't want us to know about that could affect your ability to do this role. So clear the air, put their mind at ease. Yeah. I'm glad to see that you wrote this down because I wanted to ask what are examples of things that people want to hide? They're not big things. That's the thing. And I want you to imagine that I feel like you're hiding something and I'm thinking maybe you were fired from your last job, right? But actually, it's just that you worked for a small business, but it was your husband's business. Mm, boring. Like, that, it's just not a big deal. It's just not a big deal. Or the job that you had in that window company or whatever, that's owned by your uncle. Some people are weird about mentioning it. It's their family company because they don't want people to think that like- They really got it off easy or- Yeah, they, they didn't do much or something. Sometimes people are hiding that they were made redundant. Like the company didn't have enough work for you. The company went under or whatever. Like there's nothing to be ashamed about. That's the best case scenario of losing a job. Exactly. Yeah. They might want to be hiding that they're working in an in-between role. Like they left something and they're doing like something as a just for now type thing. They don't want to talk about the in-between role. Again, imagine I'm thinking you've been fired for something horrible and you're just like, yeah, actually not many uh, opportunities popped up and I really needed to pay rent. So I've just got this in the meantime. That's so normal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There was one person I spoke to, she had worked in film and TV and there was a bit of a stigma where she lived that people would think a certain thing about her because she'd worked in film and TV. They might make assumptions about her. So she was trying to disguise the jobs that she'd previously had as something else. And it just felt really weird because it was like, what were these roles? You're being really cagey. Oh, it was film and TV. And I was like, oh, like, I thought it was something really weird. Somebody else, like, again, an in-between job, they were working in a Pilates studio, like, you know, instead of like a, they had a different kind of professional career. That's so great. nothing wrong with that. You lead a class, you like leadership, you one-on-one, like. You might want to keep doing inside. Someone had been fired, right? So sometimes it is that that you're hiding, but there's context and you can talk about, hey, I'm actually going to tell you that this is what you're going to find. And I was fired from this role and this is why this is what happened. Much, much better than me being suspicious about it. Okay. Here's a hot question. (laughs) 
If someone's been fired and like, look, normally if someone's been fired, there's probably some kind of explanation where you can wrap it up in a little bow and be like, yeah, look, you know, we had a difficulty with management and, you know, someone under me made a few mistakes and I ultimately had to take responsibility. And you can kind of be like, you know, what if you got fired for something really like messed up to those people? I know it's 1% of people, but are you encouraging them to go, look, yeah, I got fired for photocopying my butt cheeks on the communal printer (laughs) and having an affair at work. Are you expecting them to say that? What do they say? Was the affair related to the butt cheek photocopying? I just kind of, I need to know for research purposes. No, separate incidents. (laughs) First of all, I would, in any situation where someone was going to be fired, I would tell them that they should try and resign instead, because that is always going to be a better thing for you to be able to say. The old resign trick. (laughs) Yes. You can't fire me because I quit. It's always better to be able to say that, right? Smart. In that case, let's say it actually was, I photocopied my (laughs) naked butt and also had an affair at work. There were two things and they found out about both of them and they fired you. Tragic. Let's say you'd only been there a little while. Maybe you would just not talk about that role at all. Again, I don't love this because like, then what else have you been doing in that time? And then you're hiding it. But again, the reason why people struggle with their tell me about yourself is because they're hiding it and they're uncomfortable with hiding it. If you were comfortable with hiding it, that kind of wouldn't be a problem. You could just like not talk about that job at all. Otherwise, here's how that might sound. If you were there for a while and you made some mistakes, you have to own it. You don't have to give every single bit of detail, but you have to be vulnerable. Okay. You don't have to disclose the butt cheek No. So you might say something like, yeah, I was with that company for four and a bit years. And look, I made a big mistake, a couple of big mistakes actually towards the end. And there was an HR investigation about an inappropriate work relationship. And so I ultimately left that workplace. I'd be happy to give you more information if you like, but I've done a lot of reflecting and really looking to start a new chapter. I've got references from there that can talk about, you know, what I was like before that all happened. Before Buttgate. <laughs> but but here's what I think, Em. Here's what I think. If you're listening to this podcast, I really, really doubt that you did those things. And and my biggest piece of advice with my HR hat on instead of my recruitment hat on is don't do those things. <laughs> I am not out to get you as HR. I'm really not. I would prefer to never, ever, ever have to fire anyone. But unfortunately, there are consequences to your actions and I am the person who has to enforce those consequences. Do not make me get involved. I don't want to be involved. So just don't do those things. But hey, maybe you should take an in-between job and do that for a while and let the dust settle, to be honest, and then get a (laughs) referral somewhere else. Let the photocopying ink settle. Yes. (laughs) Hey, job hunters, big news. Our all-new course, Interview Academy, is live and ready to transform your interview game. It's all the strategies from Sarah's one-on-one coaching, but without the limited time slots. Yep. It takes you step by step by step through crafting your career story, coming up with your awesome best bits and all the practice you need. And guess what? It's at a special launch price, never to be seen again. Get more information at interviewboss.com.au forward slash interview dash academy. It's linked in the show notes below. 
The last one to round us off of other things people have not wanted to mention is that they left a certain job after only a few months. And we've had that question before. I started a job. I hate it. What do I do? I gave it a go and it was totally (laughs) different to what I thought. Like, and I'm a human and I don't want to be miserable at work every day. So here I am. They don't want to say that, Em. And so they have on there that they're still there. And then they have to like awkwardly twist themselves around why they're leaving, even though that they've already left. And it just, the more convoluted your story gets, the harder it is. And the reason I'm saying these things is if there's something that someone wasn't putting in there, but they were comfortable with it and it wasn't a big deal, I wouldn't have ever picked up on it, right? And some people, they don't mention certain things and we just move on. It's just a lot of the time when I go, hey, your story's not working and it feels weird. It feels like you're hiding something. I don't get what's happening here. It's not making sense. Oh, it's because there's this thing that I'm trying not to mention. And they're maybe a bit insecure about it. That's where the problem comes from. So to tackle that, you have to face it head on. Let's get into some examples of times that you've seen this and how it can play out and not go well. Oh, this is, this is real life. And I want to walk you through this. So this is what happened. And I want you to think about your reaction and how you would have approached this situation if you were interviewing. So this is for a junior HR kind of role, right? So this person didn't have any dates on their resume at all. Like when you started, when you finished, they didn't have any dates, right? He had done an HR and a law double degree. So had studied both. Spent the last few years working at two different law firms. And the most recent role on their resume was one of those law firms, right? So like you've graduated, you've been a couple of years post-graduation and your whole career since then has kind of been law. Like you've chosen the law pathway not the HR pathway. On the phone, it wasn't me that spoke to them, it was someone else. On the phone, they said, oh yeah, I left the law firm a few weeks ago. And then when they came to the interview, they said they'd left recently. And I was like, my note said a few weeks ago, like recently, like that's a bit vague. Anyway, so we started digging on dates because I was getting really confused with this career story of like, I went there and then I did this and, oh, that was COVID. And I was like, hold on, when 2020, 2021, like what, how long were you here? And so I started asking questions about when did you start there? When did you leave there? Why did you leave that role? That sucks for him. Cause then he sort of feels like he's being interrogated and would panic and scramble and look like he's lying. I'm not saying it's his fault. He should be honest, but it just doesn't go well. Here's the thing. I started digging on dates and what I managed to get out of them after multiple questions and multiple like answers that were vague, I had to dig and dig and dig even after I started going with this line of questioning. So sorry, how long were you there? Oh, I was only in that role a couple of months. Oh, okay. Sorry. And and when did you leave there? You mentioned that that was during a lockdown, was it? So when did you leave? Was that July last year? Right over a year ago that they'd left that last job that was listed as their most recent job on their resume. But they said they left a few weeks ago. Yeah. So they haven't been doing anything for a year. I don't know. We're not sure. This is new information that I've had to drag out of this person. He said he left due to the culture. It wasn't a good culture there. And I didn't want to do law anymore. I decided that law wasn't for me and I want to go in a different direction. But that was a year ago, right? Then he revealed There was a warehouse job all the way at the bottom of his resume. And you guys should know the stuff on your bottom is your earliest jobs. I thought that was like one of the first jobs he'd ever had. No, no, that's the current job working in a warehouse casually. And being a junior graduate person, 
it's super relevant. And I started asking questions about it and they got really kind of weird about, oh, well, that's, you know, that's just a warehouse job. It's just a casual thing. It's just a whatever, but you've been there a year and this is what you're doing right now. Like, I want to know about what you're doing there and what you're learning. They were really hesitant to give me any information. What would be your impression of this person? Would you hire them for that HR admin role? Probably not because they're not selling to me. They want to change in here. They seem like they're lying. You're like, now I don't know if you're telling the truth at all. Like, why did you hide all of that if the only reason you left was because you didn't want to do law anymore? Like, why couldn't you have just said that? Their story could have been like this. I did a double degree. It was really great. I left and I did law for, you know, about a year two different companies. It was great experience, but it was just a really bad culture. And it made me really reevaluate during the COVID pandemic. So I ended up getting a job in a warehouse in the meantime, while I, you know, figure out my next moves. And now I've decided I really want to use the HR part of my degree. And I'd love to apply for this junior role with all my transferable skills. And that's exactly what I imagined afterwards is I thought, oh my God, imagine that this person went into law, they hated it and they were completely burnt out and they wanted to change so they took a casual job. They spent a few months just recovering from being burnt out and like, oh God, I don't want to think about this yet. I'm just going to recover and earn some money. Then they started feeling like, okay, I'm ready to apply again. It's the new year. I've been on a holiday. Like I'm ready to start applying and make a bit of a career change. Imagine that was the truth, but that was my experience. Now, add to this, we went further on in the interview and they dropped in. I was talking about job ads and like, hey, you know, you'd be maybe posting job ads in this role. What have you noticed when you're looking at job ads? Are there trends in things? What do you tend to like in a job ad or seeing if they had a bit of insight into what job seekers like to look for. They said, oh, well, you know, I, I, it frustrates me when a recruiter posts a job and you can't tell what company it's for. And I was like, oh yeah. And they go, yeah, it happens a lot for law jobs. And I went, hold on a second. You've recently been looking at and applying for law jobs. Mm. What does that tell me? None of this made sense. None of it made sense. And maybe they didn't really want a career change into HR, Maybe that's the truth and that's why none of it made sense. And these kinds of things, if you're listening to this, is why if you didn't really want a certain job, maybe why you didn't get it because they could tell <laughs> because not, the story doesn't add up because it doesn't add up. It, does, it actually doesn't add up. Yeah. So this candidate, even if they would have been considered, they had enough experience if they had the reasoning right and they didn't hide it and were so cagey and so dishonest and untruthful about it, could have been a great candidate. And I gave them advice afterwards to say, like, I get if you're not getting anywhere with applications, maybe not having the dates on your resume, but you have to be honest as soon as you speak to someone with what your actual situation is. Mm. There's just no other way because people will find out. Imagine you go to get a reference from your current law firm. Oh, I left there a year ago. Like what was the plan? Yeah. So let's get into some tips. What should you do if this is you and there's something that you are avoiding that you're a bit self-conscious about, you don't want to talk about, what should you do? So you can keep it off your resume if you want and then stick to explaining it in person where you can articulate it better. That's fine. Yes. We're not saying you have to put on your resume, this was my partner's company. Like you don't have to be showy about it. And we're not talking about going into depth about these things, but you just don't want to be covering it up and hiding it and avoiding the topic. In the example of the family business, because to me, that's really not a big deal. And you say, yeah, the key is to not be like, 
jittery and look like you're lying, but do you have to direct, can't, can, can you just talk about it normally? And then only maybe if they press, like, I can't see how it would naturally come up. This is where it gets weird because you're like, oh, well, there's just a small business really. Well, it's actually just really one tradesperson and I do all the accounting and things for that. Really quite very a small business. Okay. Well, when it's just, yeah, one person. See how you're like. But I'm imagining like a small to medium business. Sure. And you don't necessarily have to add that, but you might – Maybe the family business is a part of the reason you went there. Oh, mum and dad really needed help in the family business, which is why I went there. And so without that reason, you then can't explain why you went from your previous job to that job. And by avoiding saying that it's a family business, you can't explain why you went there. Therefore, you don't have a – like these are the ways that people get all twisted up. So say it where it makes sense. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Also, be proactive and forthcoming with that information as soon as you get the opportunity to. Don't stew on it. You don't have to spend ages. You can just briefly touch on, yeah, so for a while, my partner is a plumber and he really needed some help running his own business. So I did all kinds of things to help him out and this and that and whatever. And look, now he's at the place where he can hire someone full time and I want to get back to my career and what I want to do longer term. Boom. Yeah. Like I think in one person's situation, that relationship had ended and it was a few years later. Like you can talk about, oh, that was actually my ex-partner. I helped out with his business. Like it doesn't have to be a big deal. That's it. That's all you have to say. Yeah. If you put yourself in circles of why you went in there and why that was a weird thing for you to be doing, oh, it's because it was a partner that you supported. Great. Move on. Yeah. You have reasons, so share them. And your career story doesn't have to be linear or end up that this is your dream job. And this relates to that example we just gave. Maybe HR wasn't his dream and that's okay, but you can, no, you shouldn't. You don't have to say that. You then shouldn't say though, I really want a career change and HR is now what I want to do because it will show. Yes. So you don't have to go in saying it. I've always wanted to do this. Just give a genuine reason you are compelled to apply. Yeah. Oh, I'm exploring new areas that I might want to go into my career with. And I'm interested in this being maybe a better work-life balance than law. That's fine. You don't have to tell me that it's your dream job because if you're saying that and it's not true, I can tell. So Em, let's wrap it up. I want you to do a version of a tell me about yourself that includes a job that you are at just for now. And the one you're applying for is not amazing but it's closer to where you want to be. And I don't want you to use like dream job, you know, none of that stuff is relevant here. I just want you to talk about this one's been like a temporary thing. And now you want to get a little bit back to what you were doing before. So yeah, I came out of my, you know, job at the bank and I was really just burnt out after COVID and a lot of the things changed, the processes after that. I didn't enjoy everyone working from home. I really missed, you know, that face-to-face contact. So I ended up, you know, doing a Pilates course and getting a job just for a bit of a change to engage with people, to do something, you know, healthy and positive. And then I've really enjoyed that, but you know, now I am excited to get back to sort of more of a corporate career and see where it takes me. Amazing. You don't have to lie to say like, and I'm so excited and whatever. Like that's you, you, the truth will set you free. That's all you that's need to know. Over, overarching <laughs> messaging. The truth will set you free. Don't fib. Free from twisting yourself into a pretzel by fibbing or hiding something or avoiding a certain Do you topic. think this will be another interesting thing of our international listeners? Do other countries say fibbing? Probably not. I don't know. Fibbing means telling a lie, like white lies, fibbing. It's a little fib. 
Yeah, it's not. It's normally a smaller kind of lie. It's just a fib, you know. It's like, oh no, I did look for eggs, but they just didn't have any. Like it's a fib. Yeah, I just forgot. You know? And our sister likes to say Fibby McGee. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices, hit that subscribe button in Apple or follow on Spotify or better yet, tell someone about the show. That's how we can hit the charts so we can help even more people. For more advice, inspiration and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at Interview Boss. And remember, no fibs. We've been your job search besties and helped you in some way. There's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>